and welcome to another episode with yours truly. It's been a little while since I've sat down and had a conversation with you. Um, we were doing the weekly symptoms posts and then I got very busy working on my new book and on lots of other things and I had, I've had many, many things going on and I just kind of took a step back from the podcast, but I have not forgotten about them. Um, I have set a goal for myself to really bring out at least two episodes a month starting from January. So here's the first one. This month will probably just be one episode. And then from next month, I really, really um, want to get into bringing out an episode at least once every two weeks. Um, I don't just want to have myself on here either. Of course, I can share my story with you. I love sitting down and having a chat with you guys. I, I really enjoy this time. <laughs> Even though right now I'm effectively talking to myself, I really enjoy sitting here and just... It, it's kind of like journaling for me, honestly. And then knowing that you guys are going to listen and then it's just... We're all kind of there together. It's it's very comforting. It's as comforting for me as it is hopefully for you, as you guys have let me know my podcast is for you. So I just want you to know that I really, really do appreciate you being here with me and listening to me and sharing your feedback with me. Um, I love this community so much and I am grateful every single day for every single one of you who is here with me. So today's episode is going to be on panic attacks. I do believe I have an episode on panic attacks where I shared more of my experience with you. Um, it's something that, th this is the thing with me, sometimes even just on Instagram, I'll share posts and then I'll think to myself, I keep talking about the same thing. But then I think back to when I was struggling with anxiety, when I'm when, when I was struggling every single day, when it was just my entire life. And I wanted to read and learn about the same things over and over again because that's what brought me comfort and helped me to feel validated with my experience. And that was anxiety symptoms. Um, I, When you suffer with daily anxiety, you experience symptoms, be it mental, physical, emotional, all three at one time. Um, some people have one symptom, although most of the time we're dealing with many different symptoms at once so it's only natural that you constantly want to read about symptoms you want to learn about symptoms you want to feel validated you want to feel less alone so even though we have spoken about panic attacks a lot I wanted to talk about it again um, do an updated episode with you guys last month on my stories on Instagram I had put up a question box and asked you guys to let me know if you have any questions. So that's going to form the foundation of this episode. I'm just going to be answering your questions. And hopefully that will um, kind of create the episode. If, if that makes sense at all. <laughs> so before I start answering questions. Of course I want to explain to you what a panic attack is. A panic attack happens when your brain perceives any kind of threat to you. That it, that it sees as something potentially life-threatening. Um, of course, it would make sense um, if you are confronted with real danger. I always bring up the example of if you're on a walk or on a trail and you're confronted with a bear or a cougar or something. And of course, all of these, the stress response is going to kick in and all of these things are going to happen in your body as adrenaline flows and your, your body just is primed for fight or flight. So you're in that fight or flight mode where you 
either become a lot stronger because you feel like you have to fight the threat or you become a lot um, faster, you have to flee, and you have all of these physiological responses happening in your body to try and protect you against the threat. But the thing with panic attacks is that there doesn't have to be a threat for your brain to believe that something is potentially life-threatening. Um, our brain can't always tell the difference between real danger and something that is not real. And so our body goes into that fight-or-flight mode at even just the thought of something scary or if... I mean, for me, I would just be at the grocery store and I would be waiting in line and I would start to experience anxiety symptoms that were really uncomfortable. And my brain would latch onto that and... I would think, okay, so this dizziness, this is serious, I'm having a stroke, or this chest pain, I'm having a heart attack, and my brain would look at, at that as me in immediate danger, and it would just activate the stress response, and then as the adrenaline floods your body, everything is heightened, and that's when you experience a panic attack, and it genuinely feels like you're going to die. If you're currently dealing with panic attacks, especially if you're dealing with them every single day like it's different for everybody some people will get a panic attack kind of once in a while other people will get them at least once a day for me when I started getting panic attacks I was having them multiple times a day so I would have them at home I would have them when I went anywhere um, I would ha I would feel one starting to come on at just the thought of going anywhere it was getting that that bad so I kind of reached a point where I didn't want to even leave my home for a while. I know how hopeless it can feel um, when it feels like you genuinely can't do anything. Um, you try to do something good for yourself, you try to do a workout, you tell yourself you're going to get some fresh air and go for a walk, um, maybe you even step foot outside and you start getting symptoms because we naturally want to go back to our comfort, like we want to immediately turn around and go back to our safe space which could be your home your room a little space that you've made for yourself in your home we all have different spaces that make us feel safe so I I really know how hopeless it can feel if you're there right now and it you you may keep saying like I just give me a break like I just want a break I just want one good day I just want to be able to see my friend or do this or do that without having a panic attack or without feeling symptoms so please know that if you're going through it I always say that our experiences are different and unique to our circumstances but I know how how defeated you can feel um, I had many days like that where I just I was so fed up and it had gone on for so long that I just I couldn't imagine any other way of life like in my mind um, I had to, I had told myself that, okay, well, this looks like this is my life from now on, so I need to adapt. Um, but you, that this isn't a way of life, and you don't have to live with panic. Um, you don't have to figure it all out now, but just understanding, just starting to learn about anxiety and understanding, and constantly um, reading about other people's stories and doing little things, because that's another thing. I think we, we try to do everything all at once um, and then it's overwhelming and then we just revert back to how we were before. But the little tiny things that you do each day can really make a massive difference in the long term. So I realize I'm just totally diving right into this. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that was a question somewhere. Um, but I did just want to explain what a panic attack is and how it feels. And I did just want to talk a little bit about how um, hopeless it can feel because I see comments all the time. I get messages all the time. And sometimes we don't even want advice. Sometimes we just want to know that other people are dealing with it too. So as I'm sitting here, I am telling you that you are, are really not alone. Like I, I get a lot of messages every single day and I'm not able to share all of them. I'm not able to even respond to all of them. I, I really do try my very best. But one thing that I can tell you is I see so many of us are dealing with the same thing. So it's very easy to feel isolated and um, especially if we're not seeing um, other people sharing their stories, it's easy to feel isolated or to think there's something wrong with us. Um, and that's why I've created this this community and that's why I love our community so much and love the safe space because I see in the comments like you guys supporting each other, sharing your stories, like allowing yourselves to be vulnerable and I just think that that is so important and I just hope that we can continue to do that together. So I'm going to stop rambling now. Um, I'm going to get into it and going to start answering your questions and then we'll go from there. So before I get into your questions, I'm sitting in the spot that I usually sit in. Um, there's a big tree outside my window and I can see the sky and it's just a very soothing and relaxing spot for me to come to. And I thought that I would, you know, burn some incense and make it all relaxing. But this incense that I'm burning, it smells so good. But I think it's better to burn it in like a bigger space because <laughs> I'm talking to you guys and I feel like it's just like overwhelming. Like I'm breathing in all this smoke. Um, but yeah, that was completely random because <laughs> if you know me <laughs> and if you've um, followed me for a while, I, I can be random sometimes, but I just kind of wanted to share that with you guys. So if my, if my throat sounds weird or if <clears throat> I'm clearing it or whatever, it's I'm feeling pretty, it's just finished burning, so we're good to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that it's very important to have a space that you can feel comfortable in um, it's re it really helps me to have things around me that make me feel safe, like my books, I love reading, I'm a bookworm, I love to have my plants around me, I'll have some candles, I'll burn some incense, um, and then I love to be able to just see outside. It's very gloomy here right now, There's usually this tree outside my window is just covered in leaves and all I see are bare branches, but just being able to see some nature and just having this tree here, like it just makes me feel comforted. So I hope as you're listening to this or if you feel overwhelmed with symptoms ever that you have a space that you can go to, um, you don't have to have a lot of room. Just create like a little corner for yourself even. Um, burn a candle, like put a little plant there, even if it's a fake plant because you're really bad at keeping plants alive. Like I've been there too. Um, if you are looking for plants though, I'm not going to go into a whole thing about that, but I do highly recommend spider plants and snake plants or just like succulents they're really easy to keep alive trust me talking from experience but anyway that's enough of that so i'm gonna dive right into the first question that i have here for you guys okay so the first question that i have here is do you have any tips on how to breathe when i feel like i can't get a breath in so shortness of breath is a really awful anxiety symptom that feeling of not being able to breathe and not being able to get in a full breath is just 
it's so scary and i think that's a really big one that can have us calling 911 or landing us in the emergency room so during panic what happens is we start to hyperventilate we start because we're in that panic mode so hyperventilation is when you're taking in you're you're panting effectively you're not taking in deep breaths you're taking in very short sharp um, shallow breath so you're not breathing all the way into your belly you're just kind of breathing into your chest so when we panic we're breathing like like we're not we're, we're panting like we feel really really short of breath and then what's happening is we're actually taking in too much oxygen into just our chest because it's not going anywhere else we're, we're just taking that um, we're just taking in very shallow air and then it's a cycle because we start panicking because we can feel like we're not getting in. It feels like we're not getting insufficient air. Um, so we, we start to hyperventilate more. We, we desperately try to take in more air, not realizing that we've actually taken in too much oxygen and it's not going anywhere, but just kind of sitting in our chest. And then when that happens, it can cause a feeling of... Um, it ha There's many different things that it can actually cause. It can cause a feeling of suffocation. Um, have you ever just felt like you just, you have like this feeling of suffocation in your chest and then that makes you panic and then it just feeds the cycle or you start to feel a lot of heavy pressure on your chest. A lot of people describe it as feeling like somebody is sitting on their chest. When you're hyperventilating and taking in a lot of shallow air, it can cause that sensation as well. You can have a feeling of chest pain from the pressure. Um, you can get very dizzy. This is a major symptom in our community. You can get um, tingling around your lips. And I mean, that can send you into panic as well because now you feel like you can't breathe. You're getting tingling around your lips and you start to think, oh my God, I really can't breathe. I'm about to pass out. And these thoughts clearly don't help us in the moment. I always used to read people talk about how important it is to take deep breaths like in through your nose and out through your mouth. Through your mouth. And I never really fully understood it because every time I tried that especially when I was right in the middle of a panic attack it didn't feel like it was working for me so I would try to take like a breath through my nose and out through my mouth like you know like the box breathing and all of that and it didn't feel like anything was happening um so then that would make me panic more because I'm like okay well I'm trying the deep breathing but it's not working I didn't obviously understand hyperventilation and how I was actually taking in too much oxygen and because I was panicking it wasn't going into my belly it was just staying in my chest um, and then when I started to learn about this I learned about how nostril breathing so just breathing in and out through your nose or alternate nostril breathing can really 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 help with this so you want to try to streamline the amount of air that's coming in and out of your body um, when we panic we're gulping air um, we're taking in too much of it so we want to streamline it so we're able to get that air to go into our bellies and not just into our chest and then which then causes all of those symptoms um, and what's so scary about those symptoms is that you really do feel like you're going to pass out um, it really feels like you you cannot breathe your body is still breathing you are breathing but our mind just runs off and we feel like we can't so try and breathe in and out through your nose only um or try alternate nostril breathing, which is a technique that I absolutely love. I do talk about it in one of my podcast episodes and attempt to explain to you guys how to do it. Um, I think I talk about that in my dizzy, my, my podcast on dizziness. 
which I highly recommend giving a listen to if you do struggle with dizziness. Dizziness is a major symptom um, during panic and that actually takes us to our next question. I've had many questions on dizziness because that is a major one that comes up during panic. It was honestly one of my worst symptoms. I was dizzy and I, I know this is a hard thing for people to believe when they deal with it too, to not to not think that there must be something wrong is when you're dealing with dizziness all the time and not just during panic. So it would intensify during a panic attack, but I was at the point, um, my anxiety was so severe, my body was in a chronic state of inflammation, I was permanently on the brink of fight or flight, so I was dealing with dizziness just all the time. Um, and I wasn't breathing properly all the time, there were a lot of other things contributing, so I was dizzy all the time, but then when I was, when I, when it went into panic, it would only intensify. Um, the dizziness was a top reason why I didn't want to go anywhere because that feeling of not being stable, especially if you go for a walk or you go out and there's a big open space and you have nothing to literally lean on, it's very, very scary and it's hard to explain unless you have experienced it yourself. And then I, I wouldn't want to tell anyone because when you, you tell someone who hasn't suffered with anxiety, you tell them, um, you know, I feel really dizzy. The first thing that people do is they recommend that you go to the doctor, which only intensifies panic because then you start to think this can't be anxiety. There's a medical issue. There's something seriously wrong with me. So if I'm going to offer you tips on how to manage dizziness during panic, I would definitely recommend the nostril breathing or the alternate nostril breathing because shallow breathing is a major contributing factor to dizziness during panic. We, we, forget everything logic just disappears it flies out the window we we forget how to breathe we do we forget how to breathe we become hyper focused on the sensation that we're feeling and we forget how to manage anything else in that moment we forget our breathing we forget every single thing that we've learned so if there's one thing that i just and I talk about this so many times that you're probably sick of hearing it, but that's a good thing because you, I want to get this into you. I want to drill this into your mind. It's always like, let your breath be your anchor always. Like come back to your breathing again and again and again. Write down on, write down on your wrist or carry a piece of paper somewhere where you can see it. Put it as a screensaver on your phone, reminding yourself to breathe. And it sounds silly, but we need that reminder because when we panicked we have all these intrusive thoughts that come in and flood our brains and it's like i need to get out of here i'm dying this is serious the last thing that we're thinking about is okay let me let me breathe through my nose or let me try alternate nostril breathing that's the last thing we're thinking so try to keep a reminder for yourself somewhere where you can see it and just always come back to your breath i made myself some tea and I I get so carried away like chatting on here with you guys and then I just I forget to even sip it um, until I realize how dry my throat gets when you sit down and you just talk solidly like this it's crazy how dry your throat actually gets there's a youtuber that I really I've watched her for years and she gave a tip on one of her on one of her vlogs um, her channel is Sarah's Day um, you maybe maybe you watch her too uh, but she has really, really good like health and fitness type of vlogs. Uh, and I remember in one of her vlogs, she was talking about how dry her throat gets during podcasts, like when she's recording an episode. And she recommended coconut water, which is really good because it, it's hydrating and it's full of electrolytes. 
it's something that I actually highly recommend as well. Um, in fact, it's a really good thing to carry with you uh, to sip on instead of just plain water, especially if you tend to have panic attacks. It's a really good way to just kind of give you a little boost of energy um, while keeping you hydrated. And that was another random moment with Tam. <laughs> so another question that came up a lot was how to not feel immense fear and anticipation around the next attack happening. Uh, when you're dealing with panic attacks, I remember after my first one, I was terrified of feeling that again. I did not want to feel that way again. I, I lived in this bubble of fear and dread and I became even more hyper-focused on my symptoms because I would think, okay, well, what if that's, that's it happening again? And it was, it's awful. We just live in this horrible, uncomfortable state the whole 24-7. So what I would tell you here is how to not fear the next attack happening is to be okay with it happening. When we resist and fight against something, we set ourselves up for we set ourselves up for disappointment effectively because we are setting expectations of what we want to happen. So we're telling ourselves a story in our heads that we absolutely cannot have another panic attack because we cannot deal with feeling that way again. We don't know what's going to happen. We think we may die. We don't want to make a fool of ourselves. There's many different stories around this, and we all may experience them differently. But the minute we do that, we're setting an expectation. We're not allowed to have another panic attack. We don't want it. We want to keep it away. And you know what that does is it brings it on. And I know it's extremely easy to sit here and say, be okay with it happening. And you're like, Tamron, like, what the hell? It's horrifying. Like, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to be out with people and make a fool of myself or be on my own and feel like I'm literally about to die. But here's the thing. When you start to understand anxiety, once you realize that this is really, once you can convince yourself and let your brain know that this is 100% a panic attack, you start to release a little bit of that fear. Because the biggest fear around a panic attack is thinking that maybe it's not a panic attack, maybe it's something more serious, or maybe this panic attack is going to kill me. And a, and a, a panic attack cannot kill you, but it can set you up for some really uncomfortable symptoms that makes you feel like you are about to die. There was a program that I did right at the beginning, like when I just first started dealing with panic attacks called Panic Away. Um, I wrote a review about it on my blog and I will share the link in the description. And while it didn't cure me, and I don't like that word, while it didn't just completely get rid of my panics, I never experienced panic again, it definitely did help me to look at my panic attacks differently. Um, it really helped me to learn how to sit with the sensations rather than just immediately put up that resistance and run away because I would I would seriously, if I was out somewhere and I started to feel a panic attack coming on, I would leave, even if that meant running past people and having them look after me, um, look after my retreating back as if, 
something really strange was happening, but I I didn't care. I just the my focus was to find the exit and get out. That's all I thought about. And then afterwards, I would have I would be so upset with myself and think, you know, you just you failed that. You didn't get through that. Which let me just tell you, don't do that to yourself. Like learn from me. We have to be gentle with ourselves, and I wish that I had been gentler with myself because I wasn't. I would get extremely frustrated with myself. I would go home, I would climb into bed, and I would just stay there for the rest of the day and feel like a complete failure. But that program that I did, it really did help me to look at my symptoms differently. I wasn't able to always do it. Um, Sometimes I would still leave, but I slowly started to to actually sit with the symptoms when they came up which initially is terrifying it's you just have to get through that initial those initial first few times and then I promise you it does get better because what you're doing is you're showing your brain I'm not responding to what you're throwing at me which is then in turn telling your brain okay you know what maybe this isn't as serious as I thought so you you have to you are the one that has to let your brain know that you're not in danger and when we resist and put up that resistance when we run away we're effectively telling our brains oh you're right we are in danger and we're responding accordingly so sitting with the symptoms is doing something differently and it starts to break the pattern but it's I'm and I'm not saying that it's easy because when those symptoms come, your your body naturally wants to move. Adrenaline is designed to make you move, not sit still. So yes, initially it's going to feel terrifying, but the more you do it and the more you're able to show your brain, look at me, I actually got through this. Did I feel good? No, I felt like shit, but I got through it and you start to slowly break that fear cycle. So really, we have to try to just, it's such an empowering thing. When you can say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to go out. If I have a panic attack, it's fine. I'll deal with it. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. Rather than, oh my God, like, I don't want to go out. I'm going to have a panic attack. We have to change the way that we think about things. We have to do things differently. And that's not easy. It's not easy change, doing things differently. It's not easy at all. But trust me when I say that when you're able to sit with your symptoms, when you're able to show your brain that you actually are safe, things start shifting and you won't believe the difference. So I'm going to put the link to that program that I did in the description and I hope that it will help you as much as it helped me. So another question that has come up a lot is what is the difference between an anxiety attack and a panic attack? I have done posts on this on my page where I do explain it in more detail, but I think we have to take the word attack out of it because An anxiety attack, if you want to really get technical with it, is more generalized anxiety versus panic, which is a panic attack. So when when I think, when I explain an anxiety attack, it's more a series of symptoms that you're dealing with every single day um, over a long period of time. And that's how I started. I dealt with generalized anxiety disorder and health anxiety for years. And then because I didn't address it, um, although... It's different for everyone. You may start having panic attacks. You may have generalized anxiety disorder and panic attacks right away from the start. It's different for everybody. But for me, in, in my own personal experience, I had generalized anxiety for years and years. I dealt with symptoms. I didn't understand anxiety. I just lived in this place of thinking that I was sick all the time. 
I was obsessive over symptoms. I didn't truly believe that anxiety could cause all of these things that I was experiencing. So I dealt with that for years and then it developed into panic disorder where I was getting multiple panic attacks a day. So anxiety attack and panic attack, um, sometimes a panic attack is referred to as an anxiety attack. Um, so sometimes it, someone says anxiety attack, they're just referring to a panic attack. It's the same thing. But like I said, if you want to get really technical with it, an anxiety attack versus a panic attack is usually just generalized anxiety disorder versus panic disorder. And I talk about that on my Instagram page in a lot more detail for you. So I don't usually love talking about medication um, purely because I feel like there's often been kind of heated debates on my page when I've done that. And I'm all for a healthy debate. I, I really am. But I just don't like it when people are, you know, when it's no longer a healthy debate, it's more like accusations or people getting very um, riled up. I There is absolutely no judgment if you are on medication, if you're thinking about medication, if you've been on medication. I was on medication myself when I first started dealing with anxiety and panic attacks. I immediately went to the doctor because it was interfering with my work, with my income, and I needed help now so I went to the doctor I was given a prescription I was prescribed um, an SSRI pretty much within two minutes of after him asking me like maybe two or three questions um, and I took it simply because I thought that was my only option so not be like there are very many options available and I think that it's important that you're aware of all the different options before you make a choice that's best for you. And if that choice ends up being medication, um, maybe it's other things with medication, that's okay. Like that's your decision to make. So one of the questions that I got here is, is it possible to manage panic attacks without meds? In my personal experience for me, yes, it is. Um, when I took the medication initially, it did help with my panic attacks, but Overall, it wasn't the experience that I had anticipated or expected. Um, if you want to learn more about my med story, I do recommend looking at my book. Um, I have some way older posts where I talk about it, but it's something that I kept more um, to my books where I share more in there. But um, yes, it absolutely is possible from my personal experience. Um, I think the important thing is making sure you're doing lots of other things that is going to help to support your nervous system on your journey. So medication is one option, but there are other options as well. And I just think you should just continue to learn um, what all of those options are. I talk about them all on my page as well. Um, the breathing is a big one. The types of foods that you eat, finding ways to manage stress, all of this works together. So that actually takes me to the next question, which is some foods to, that I could recommend to calm the nervous system. Overall, I really recommend looking at what you're eating. Um, if you're eating a lot of processed foods every single day and then, you know, you carry some healthy snacks with you, that's not going to help you in the long term because the processed foods are still creating a lot of inflammation in your body, which is only increasing stress hormones and intensifying all of your symptoms. So overall, you want to really try to be um, as healthy as you possibly can because everything you put in your body 
has a direct impact on your gut, has a direct impact on your mind, your mental health, your symptoms, how you feel. So I always say everything in moderation. I'm not going to sit here and say, don't eat one thing bad. Like, I don't believe in that. But really try to pay more attention. Um, when I was when I was really going through it, I was eating a lot of processed foods. I was eating a lot of McDonald's. I was going to um, Dairy Queen a lot, having a lot of like ice cream, dairy, all these foods that were only um, intensifying internal inflammation and only contributing to symptoms. But I didn't understand the link yet between um, nutrition and my mental health. I really didn't realize. I had I had some very basic idea, but I didn't realize the the actual impact. I've been asked to talk more on nutrition and I definitely am going to. I'm thinking of doing a whole podcast episode on it. I go deep into nutrition in both of my books. My first book, I do share like a grocery list with you and in the physical copy, I have some recipes. And then in the second book, I do talk about a lot of different foods and supplements and things like that. So just to kind of break it down really quickly, a few things that are really good are foods that are really high in omega-3 fatty acids. Again, I explain, I don't want to make this longer like I I still want to answer some questions so I don't want to go too deep into this here but in my second book in my A to Z I do go into a lot more detail about omega-3 fats so you want to eat foods that are really high in that like salmon um, chia seeds um, certain nuts like walnuts are especially high in omega-3 fats um, another nut that I really like are Brazil nuts um, just one a day can actually help with depression as well because it gives you your recommend a daily allowance of selenium uh, foods that are high in zinc um, are really good for anxiety as well um, chickpeas beans um, lentils i really like lentils uh, shellfish pumpkin seeds i add pumpkin seeds to my oatmeal every single day i'm a big oatmeal fan if you don't fo- if you follow me on instagram you already know this i kind of load it up with as many good things as i can i add um coconut in there now i have to think about this you see because now i'm on the spot but i add coconut in there i add uh, flaxseed if you're going to have flaxseed make sure it's ground just because if you're having the seeds they kind of just go right through you um i have i add some dark chocolate dark chocolate is actually also really good for anxiety um you want to stick to at least 70 percent uh what else do i add in there and then i add like berries dark berries are really good for um digestion for liver cleansing uh almond milk yeah that's pretty that's pretty much it (laughs) um but i really i think the nice thing about oatmeal or smoothies or things is that it's easy to just kind of throw everything in there and get it all in at once so try adding pumpkin seeds to your diet if you can that's a really good one uh what else tryptophan tryptophan is it's one of my favorites it's an amino acid that helps your body to produce serotonin effectively your brain's happy chemical tryptophan is especially high in turkey um so that's a really really good source of it i actually just paused this and looked up how to pronounce that so the british version um which would which would be the same as the south african version um of saying tryptophan is is just like that tryptophan whereas the american um, pronunciation because i was just thinking when i said it i'm like i I hear people saying it differently i don't think i'm pronouncing it right the american um pronunciation is tryptophan 
versus tryptophan. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to clear that up in case you're like, that's not how you say it. <laughs> but um, so some other foods that are high in it are is actually oatmeal, which is my favorite, and tuna. Um, I don't mind canned tuna. I could get into a whole discussion about that as well because there's different kinds. Um, you get skipjack and what's the other one? Albacore are the two most common that you'll get in the cans. And the skipjack one is actually a lot lower in mercury and can be eaten a lot more frequently than the albacore one. So the albacore one, it's not recommended that you, you should only have one can of that every 10 days um, just because of the mercury levels. So I'll just add in that little fun fact for you. So I just wanted to add this in as well. So my favorite fruit for anxiety that I love is banana um, or banana, but I'm going to say banana because I'm South African. It just feels so weird for me to even say like banana, like that just doesn't <laughs> I know my accent is mixed, but certain words just feel weird. Um, but bananas really, they, they really are great. They're very high in potassium and magnesium, which you know I absolutely love. Um, I'm actually really weird because... I like to fry banana in like just a little bit of coconut or avocado oil and then I sprinkle it with some uh, maple syrup or you can do coconut sugar or something and cinnamon and it's so good. Uh, I know that's really weird for some people. Like sometimes I'll have sometimes I'll have breakfast and I'll have fried egg on toast and then I'll have like the fried banana with it, which some people are just so disgusted by. <laughs> but for me, I, I'm really into it. And then another fruit that I really like are cherries. Uh, cherries help to promote melatonin, which is your sleep hormone, which can help you to sleep better. Um, so it's especially good to have as a bedtime snack. So the next question is, how do you get over yours quickly? The high heart rate is seriously the worst. And I absolutely agree with you. That high heart rate is just awful and intensifies every single other symptom. I remember just sitting and and trying to breathe deeply and trying to get my heart rate down because sometimes it would be so high that it would freak me out and it would already be so high and then I would do any kind of physical activity anything just walking around my apartment and it would go up even higher like I remember one day it was so high and I was making cups of like I think it was Tulsi tea I took two or three magnesiums and I was drinking my Tulsi tea and I was trying to deep breathe um, but I was so focused on it. See, that's the thing. We're so focused on it. And we put our attention there and we just don't notice anything happening. But I do have a separate podcast episode on how anxiety affects the heart and the chest, like high heart rate, heart palpitations. And I share a lot of tips in there on how to bring it down. So I do recommend giving that a listen and I'll include the link in the description as well. As for how do you get over yours quickly... I think, see, that's that's the problem. Like, I guess the wording again, how do you get over it? Um, you have to get through it. You have to sit through it to get over it. Although I don't, I don't like to say that because I feel like that's being harsh with ourselves, you know? Like, I have to get over this. I have to get through this. Um, you will get through it. Um, panic can only last so long. Adrenaline levels can only peak for so long before they have to come down so it's what you're doing while they're peaked um, and if you're able to just sit as I mentioned earlier on if you're able to sit through that if you're able to sit through the worst of it those symptoms will come down you may still experience symptoms and this is another question that we've been getting um, that I've been getting a lot is can the symptoms linger why do the symptoms linger after like why do why do I just experience symptoms 
um, why don't I just experience symptoms during a panic attack? Why do they continue on? And this is the thing. When you're in a chronic state of, of anxiety, when your body's like dealing with some kind of inflammation due to 24-7 stress hormones, you're going to be feeling physical symptoms all the time to some extent. Um, and then during panic, when it's just that release of adrenaline, everything is just intensified. So I think it's very important to realize that it, it is completely normal to experience symptoms 24-7 and then have them intensify during panic. Some people don't experience symptoms and then just during panic it peaks, whereas other people experience it 24-7. So don't compare what you're going through to someone else who may have it differently because then what happens is we start to think that there must be something wrong because our experience is different but it's normal to have a different experience. So I think I'm going to end this here. Um, I don't want to just ramble on forever. There's, there's going to be endless questions on this, so I can, not can, I definitely will do another episode where I'll answer even more questions, but if I sit and answer every single question, we'll be here for like two hours, and I don't want to overload you with information. Like I always tell you, when I record a podcast, when I share certain posts, especially the symptoms-based posts, um, it's really to give you comfort and to show you that you're not alone and to just try and help you to understand why you're experiencing symptoms and that it's completely normal. Um, so I really have tried to share some things in here with you. Um, I hope it isn't overwhelming and I hope that you do feel like you're taking something from this that you can actively go and use. I recommend checking out the panic attack posts on my page. I always I always tell you guys to read the captions and the comments because the comments people are supporting each other and it helps you to feel validated, less alone. And then in the captions, I really do go a lot deeper with giving some tips and advice. Um, of course, my books. Um, if you really want everything in one place, I do recommend my books because that's where I really am able to just go into it with you. Um, my new book, I do share quite a lot of information about panic attacks, the difference between panic versus anxiety, the different types of anxiety. Um, I share lots of things that help me, that I recommend. I share foods, supplements. Um, I go especially deep into nutrition in my first book. And then in the second book as well, I talk about every single symptom. Um, because when you're dealing with anxiety, when you're dealing with panic disorder, you're dealing with symptoms and it's Google is not fun. We look up a symptom on Google and it often sends us spiraling into panic. So I do highly recommend my A to Z book. I can't even believe that it's actually available. I feel like I was talking about it for so long. You know, when you just talk about something for so long and then it actually happens and you're like, oh, wow. So like now I'm actually talking about it like it's ready. Um, it is only an ebook right now. I do keep getting a lot of questions and I hear you guys and I see your questions um, asking me when it's going to be available as a physical copy and I am working on it. It will be it will be this year and it will be pretty soon. I don't want to give an exact date. I really am aiming for next month honestly, but I don't want to say that and then it doesn't happen, but definitely within the next 2 months. Like let's just say that for now. So it is coming as a physical. Right now it is available as an ebook and I will link that in the description for you. Thank you for sitting with me for the past um, 
I don't know, I think it's been like 40 minutes now. Thank you for being here with me and listening to me. I hope this has brought you some comfort if you're struggling now. And I really, I am so sorry if you're going through it because it's it's hard to put into words exactly how horrible it feels um, and how lonely it feels and how defeated you feel um, and how scary it feels, honestly. You, you live in fear and it's not a good place to be. So I really do hope that this has brought you some comfort. I hope that my Instagram page brings you comfort. Um, like I said, I, I truly, this community is my entire heart and I will continue to show up for you guys and share my stories with you. Thank you for listening to me and for allowing me to do that and for allowing me to be vulnerable and share my experiences. I apologize if this was a bit of a ramble um, and I, if I was a little bit rusty. I, it's, it always happens. I, when I was getting into it week after week, I feel like I was really getting in my groove and like just getting in my zone and it was just a lot easier somehow but I haven't done this for a while so I sit down and I find myself rambling um, but I don't want to edit a whole bunch of stuff out I just want this to feel natural and <laughs> I just want you to get a sense of who I am because I'm not like none of us are perfect no one no one sits down and records a podcast or creates anything and it's just perfect you know we often doing a lot of editing behind the scenes so I'm going to just leave in all the little rambles that I've I've done. I hope that you, I hope they made you smile at least. <laughs> um, and I hope that you have a great rest of your day and a beautiful weekend. And know that you can come to my Instagram page. You can come and listen to this as many times as you need to. Um, I'm sending you all the love in the world, and I will talk to you soon. Okay, bye.